Hey, good morning, everybody. I do apologize if I got a little bit of a cough. Don't worry, I don't have it, if you know what I mean. I don't have that. Um, just another morning thing. Uh, but welcome to a special live uh, topics on my mind for today, the 9th of April, 2020. It is a special edition. It is a special animation and comics edition. Yes, a special comic books and animation edition. And we've got six things we're going to talk about real quickly. Uh, the, t- the six topics are that we will discuss are one, an artist on Sonic Comics reveals truth behind Sally's post 252 redesign. We'll get into that. Uh, number two, we're going to talk about more post-Disney Afternoon revelations to be made in Season 3 of the new DuckTales series. Number three, we'll talk about how long the how long should the Zombot, Zombot arc have gone in IDW's Sonic comic. Talk about how long it should have gone. Number four, we'll talk about how silly Pony Life, life um, which is the spin-off or the tie-in show to My Little Pony Finch with Magic, um, how silly Pony Life could get. We'll talk number five, we'll talk about the new Animaniacs series coming this fall and what could come of it. And six, we'll talk about what other Disney Afternoon shows could get a continued soft reboot because of their appearance slash reference in the new DuckTales series. So, yeah. That's something to uh, look forward to guys. I sh- yeah, I should say to look forward to. So, without further ado, who uh, so without uh, further ado, I should say, so I'm trying to sing here. Get this uh, linked up. So without further ado, let's talk about the first topic, which is artist on Archie Sonic Comics reveals truth behind Sally's post 252 redesign. Now, uh, in case you guys don't know, um, I've been, I actually tweeted out a question. I talked about this yesterday in my video to Ben Bates uh, about whether or not he, Tracy Yardlin, or whoever, knew how far the Mecha Sally arc was going to go. Now, Ben basically said that he generally, this is the truth, if I I can find it again. Uh, Let's see. It's here somewhere. Yeah, Ben Bates basically said that he had no idea the way it was sold to him, Mecha Sally and her later form, Neo Sally, which he put in quotations, uh, would be revealed as advanced Eggman Robotics and a sleeper agent. The real, and he put real in caps, Sally Acorn was in cryostasis, and the next five-year arc would be Sonic traveling the world to find her. Now, the reason I bring this up as the first topic is because Rich Monk, a.k.a. at a thirsty bottle at Twitter, that's their name, asked um, him a question as well. He asked him a question um, as well. Rich Monk 
said that they were a huge fan of the comic, and this is an arc they've always been curious about. Uh, he brings up that Ben mentions Neo Sally. He wonders if that's the weaponized Sally. If so, are you saying, and he's wondering if Ben's saying that's not actually her, you know, he's wondering, was Sally warped to a different world then? You know, he was a bit confused. He wanted some a little bit of clarification. So, here's what's interesting about that. Ben then responded by saying, he means he really doesn't know. Ben basically says he was given a basic idea of the direction. Neo Sally was her form after being de-roboticized, a robot that didn't look like it was a robot. So in other words, I don't know if you could see it very well, but that Sally right there, the one that we got in post-252, was supposed to be a sleeper agent. In other words, a animatronic or automatronic, I think that's what they were called. An automatronic or whatever. Um, so, anyway... Like I said, it was an outro metronic. And uh, basically, uh, basically, long story short, or um, what I'm saying, oh, I'm trying to get here. Oh, yeah. So basically, what he's saying, the way it was sold to him uh, originally, was that. The Sally we got um, in, or basically the Sally we were getting, um, you know, post, well, not initially post, you know, soft reboot, retcon, whatever, 252, but the one that was going to get de-roboticized originally was going to be a sleeper agent. In other words, an automotronic. We had seen these before. We had seen these animatronics uh, before. Um, you know, in you know, uh, in earlier issues like the Sally miniseries uh, and a few others. So it's uh, it's not. It's not the first time we've seen heard of something like this. I will put it that way. It's not, it's not the first time we've seen we've heard of something like this. It's because you know what I'm trying to say is, and I'm, and I'm and I'm kind of focusing on linking this up this live stream also. So I do apologize. That's why it feels like I'm a little <laughs> off focus. There we go. Uh, but like I said, basically, what was I trying to say? Oh yeah, uh, basically we have seen we have seen this before. Like I said, with the post uh, Sally, with not the post Sally, but the Princess Sally miniseries, and even before that and after that. So, you know, for for Ben to acknowledge that the Sally we got, you know, the de-roboticized Sally with the new redesign and the blades and all that. Uh, would have been revealed to be a sleeper agent, a Neo, you know, an automatronic that that looked real, went through the emotions and stuff like that, but in reality was a fake. Um, 
you know, it's really interesting to find that out because it's, you know, that's pretty much like I said in my video yesterday, my follow-up video. That's kind of what I think we were, I think that's what Ben was elite, uh, alluding to, was Neo Sally was going to be the Sally that, you know, everybody thought was rescued, saved, de-roboticized. And all of a sudden it turns out that's not the case. And apparently uh, the next five-year arc from what Ben told me and others was Sonic traveling the world to find her because she was in cryostasis. She was in cryostasis. But I'm, I'm sure the one thing people wonder about, and maybe we should ask Ben this or anybody else this, is how did Sally end up in cryostasis? My theory, my, my theory on that is she ended up in cryostasis because of Nicole. Like, Nicole knew that if Sally went through what she was about to do, she wouldn't survive it. So she had to maybe teleport her to another world and in her place put some kind of robotic that maybe looked like a roboticized Sally and go from there. Again, you know, just speculation because, you know, she is, you know, Nicole was always basically looked at as being very powerful for an AI. I mean, look, she created new mobile tropolis out of nanites. So who's to say she wouldn't have been capable of that? But yeah, Ben Bates reveals basically the what I could only assume is the truth, or at least part of the truth, as to Sally to Sally's post two fifty two, you know, Sega Genesis wave uh redesign. Because basically Apparently, the redesign was going to happen, but it was only because she would be revealed to be a sleeper agent. So it's really, it's really intriguing to to um, hear that. Um, but if you go to, so yeah, so yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's really intriguing to hear that and find out more about that. Um, you know, from Ben Bates, and it's like I said yesterday. Uh, the other day, I should say, and even yesterday, that's the one benefit about getting to talk to people. Uh, the fact that, you know, that used to work on behind the scenes on various projects, that if they're allowed to, they no longer have to worry about doing an ND, worry about the NDA, which is the non-disclosure agreement, and they can actually reveal some truths. Now, Ben's not saying, basically, this is what was going to happen. He's just saying that this is how it was pitched to him. You know, like it's like I said, when somebody pitches an idea for a movie, shows the rough drafts of the script, maybe some rough drafts of drawings and scenes they want to go with on, you know, it doesn't always mean you're going to get that. It means it's just, you know, what they're pitching to the client or to the people they're going to work with, but then it goes in another direction. So that's basically what Ben was saying, but uh, yeah. It kind of feels like partially, it's partially, basically what we're getting is a partial truth here. Like, I believe it because he did the artwork. So I have no doubt that Ben is telling the truth on that. But it's really intriguing to find out that, as I said yesterday, what was initially, initially ended, in a sense, with 247 and was really concluded uh, epilogue-wise with her appearance at the end of 252. 
It's hard to imagine that that was going to go for another five years, which is really amazing. Just, just really amazing. Um, but anyway, though, yeah, that's pretty much what was being planned at the time. You know, it's uh, just uh, linking something up here on Facebook right now, linking up the live stream. But yeah, I, I kind of feel that is partially true. Like, like I said, what was originally meant to just be, a, you know, a one-off deal, um, if you will, was going to go on a one, you know, a, a, well, kind of one-off and everything was going to go on originally for maybe a couple more years. So, I mean, because like I said, from what I'm understanding, we would have ended the story arc late 2017, between late 2017 and last year. That's kind of the gist I'm getting. Had things gone that direction, the way they were pitched to Ben Hurst. I mean, not Ben Hurst, but to Ben Bates. Sorry about that. But yeah, that's that's initially how... um, like I said, I, I saw it, honestly. That's how initially I, I see it or I view it. That uh, basically Ben, the basically, you know, this, like I said yesterday in my video, this thing would have kept going on up until late 2017 throughout midpoint of last year. That's kind of what I'm getting. It's kind of the vibes I'm getting, um, if you will. Now I know some people probably won't believe that, but again, you got—I got to reiterate: um, this is just what was pitched to Ben when it was originally—it was pitched to him and everybody else. This is an original pitch. It wasn't what was set in stone. It was like this was the idea. This was the gist of what they wanted to do, but they had to change things up, or it didn't fly with like Sega and all them. So. Um, anyway, though, with that said, let's get on to our next topic here. And our next topic is more post-Disney afternoon revelations to be made in Season 3 of the new DuckTales series. Yes. Now, in case you guys don't know, and I haven't watched it yet, but um, Goofy, officially Goofy being promoted as one of the guest Disney Afternoon characters or TDA, Disney Afternoon era characters to show up in Goof Troop garb and everything uh, in, the new, in the season two of DuckTales um, did just that um, this past weekend in the second episode, Quack Pack. And what was revealed, now some people were confused about his appearance, but Apparently, it is legit. Goofy is in the same universe. He's BFs with Donald. And that's all. And the reason we see him, first of all, is because Donald, because basically they're on a journey, they're on an adventure to find the lamp, which is the same lamp or similar. Well, yeah, it's basically the same lamp and everything from DuckTales, the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp, the 1990 film. And um, basically... On this journey, and Donald, I guess, is just getting sick and tired of this to where he's like, all he wants is a normal life, a normal family life, unbeknownst that he's right next to the lamp when he wishes this. 
And he's always wished, and apparently, according to the, to the episode, he's wished it almost every day. Well, he ends up getting it, um, and basically it takes a while for not just, for not him, but for everybody to figure, hey, something's not right here, something's wrong. And then they get the revelation from Gene the Genie, a new redesign of the character, voiced by Julie White, that is, of Sonic fame and Steve Urkel fame. Uh he finds out that Gene the Genie is, they find out from Gene the Genie that uh, Donald wished for this. And it takes Goofy for Donald, it takes Goofy to convince Donald, hey, not everything is normal, not everything is perfect. And what he does is he shows uh, pictures from his wallet. And it's pictures of him, and we see Max in there, we see Roxanne in there, which obviously, of course, uh, acknowledges that. Uh, Goof Troop and Goofy Movie were one and the same, like a lot of us suspected. And, um, yeah, he, so yeah, uh, basically, you know, so yeah, basically it's Goofy that takes, it takes Goofy, I should say, to convince uh, Donald, hey, having a family the way you have it is normal. They're just different. That's all they are. So, Anyway, long story short, getting to the topic of this topic, of course, you know, not only is it revealed that basically um, Goofy, Goof Troop and Goofy movie are one and the same, as we suspected, but it also reveals that Roxanne and Max are together still. Um, so that makes you wonder, what other revelations could we get from Disney Afternoon characters? Hear me out. You see, we we know Tailspin's coming in via well, Tailspin already made an appearance with Don Carnage and everything, but we know that from the protagonist side, we're getting Kit and Molly, the adult versions of Kit and Molly. So you got to wonder what revelations will be made from their appearance. And then later on, we're getting the Rescue Rangers, and we might get some more references later on for Gummy Bears and Wuzzles. So it makes you wonder what other truths will we get. Like, to me, you have to wonder, did Molly and Kit get together, or did they end up getting together and taking over Hire for Hire? Like, maybe Rebecca passed on the business to Molly along with Kit. You know, did Baloo and Rebecca get together? You know... There's a lot of stuff that, um, you know, you know, we could be uh, that could be revealed that could really surprise us. Um, you know, so we'll just have to watch that episode when it comes out to see what revelations we'll get. And then you got the Wuzzles. Like, how do they come into play? How does Butterbear and Rhinoki get turned into monstrous versions of themselves? Or why is the version of the Wuzzles here monstrous over what we're used to seeing? Uh, it, it, it really, it's really intriguing to, to think that. It's really intriguing to find out what kind of revelation we're going we're gonna to get from that perspective. And then what about gummy bears? We know they're part of the DuckTales co- uh, continuity and timeline, even though they're set in the past. But how do they get, how much more revelation do we get from them? Like, you know, what's their status quo? You know, where do they fit into the grand things of grand scheme of things? 
And then you take a look at some, someone like Goslin. You know, how does this version of Goslin fit in with this version of Darkwing Duck? How are they going to get together as a family? Um, again, it's, you know, it just makes you wonder what kind of revelations will we get. Then you take a look at Rescue Rangers, which I'm guaranteeing you, guaranteeing you is one of the more anticipated episode crossovers fans are looking forward to. You got to wonder how they come into play, how they're going to be brought in. And mostly, what has changed with them? Because we see that, you know, with Goofy, with Goofy showing that, hey, Goof Troop and Goofy Movie are one and the same, and apparently Max and Roxanne in this continuity are together. Um, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder exactly um, what's next on the list, right? Or what's next on the... Um, on the revelation list is what I'm saying. It makes you wonder. So, you know, one of the things I'm sure a lot of fans, and even those that are working on the series that were fans, have always wondered is who would Gadget choose? You know, would, you know, would Gadget, you know, choose Chip or Dale? Because like I said, you take a look at the connection that Goofy movie and Goof Troop movie, I mean, the fact that, and I'm sorry if I lost track there, I do apologize. This is what happens when you're live and uncut and uncensored on the fly. <laughs> um, and when you're linking up simultaneously the live stream in a lot of places. Um, but like I said, you know, you know, with that revelation that, like I said, Goofy Movie and Goof Troop are one and the same, and that Max and Roxanne apparently in this continuity are still together. It makes you wonder um, exactly where does, uh, what revelations will we get from Rescue Rangers? You know, because one of the things fans, and I'm like I was saying, pretty sure fans that are working on the series as we speak have always been wondering is who would Gadget choose? Would Gadget choose any of them? Would she choose Chip over Dale? Would she choose Dale over Chip? You know, would Foxglove and Dale? officially finally be revealed as an item who knows um that i guarantee you though like i said that is um that is one episode one crossover episode that fans cannot wait to see um happen and become a reality because to them hopefully goofy's appearance in in Quack Pack, in the Quack Pack episode, in the revelations used there to help convince Donald, hey, nothing's ever perfect when you come to a fa when you have a family, nothing's ever normal. You know, hopefully that that opens the door, um, if you will. Hopefully that opens the door to, you know, to to other to other Disney afternoon revelations being made. Uh, in this third season, like, again, how did Molly and Kit, you know, grow, you know, well, not only grow up, because that's natural, but how did Molly and Kit, you know, what what's their status? Like, did they get control of Higher for Higher? Did they get together? Did Baloo and Rebecca get together? You know, stuff like that. You know, and then you take a look at, you know, Rescue Rangers, and you say to yourself, okay, did Gadget choose Chip over Dale or vice versa? D Gadget chose Dale over Chip. Is Dale and Fox together? You know, what's going on? Does she ever find out more about her father, author and stuff? It's really these kind of things. And then you take a look, like I said, the Wuzzles and, 
you know, whether or not, you know, the monstrous in this version of the Disney Afternoon universe or they got experimented on and this is what became of them. It's really intriguing. It's really interesting. Um, it's really interesting. Really interesting and intriguing to find out exactly what other revelations we're going to get. But as I say in a lot of my videos, we have to wait and see. But if you have people that grew up on the Disney Afternoon, on these Disney Afternoon shows, bringing these characters in and basically making the DuckTales series the, the center of the Disney Afternoon, uh, I guess you could say televised cinematic universe, then, you know, you open the door. Then you're opening the door for a, a lot of questions to be asked, asked uh, straight up. So, uh, like I always say, we have to wait and see what they do. Ooh, and, um, but yeah, I'll be really intrigued. I guarantee I'll be really intrigued. And I guarantee you, what I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to say is I'll be really intrigued. And I guarantee you that whatever revelations get made in either the Rescue Rangers or Tailspin crossover episodes, people are going to be talking about those for weeks. I guarantee it. I guarantee you from What So Videos is going to talk about it. I guarantee you the guy that does uh, his talk on DuckTales is going to talk about it. So, a lot's going to happen. And I guarantee you, those will be the two episodes as well that get the most viewership down the line. I really do. So, yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting exactly to see where we where they go with it um, in the future. Like, what are the revelations we're going to get? Okay, so... With that said, and I know I sound like I went all over the place with it, I do apologize. But so with that said, again, you know, cannot wait to see what other poster of the revelations we'll get we're gonna get because we are gonna get more. To me, Goofy set up set it up when he did the talk with Donald, I, in showing him not only is Goofy movie and Goof Troop connected as one, basically one and the same and in the same universe, but revealing that Max and Roxanne got together. I guarantee you we're going to get more revelations with more of the Disney Afternoon characters um, as they appear and cross over in this series or in this season. All right, so number three. The number three topic we have here is how long should the Zombark have gone in the IDW Sonic comic. Now, in case you guys don't know right now, IDW is currently on hiatus with a lot of the titles. A lot of the titles uh, due for release this month and early portion of next month will be released. Uh, from what I understand, mostly this month and partially next month, unless something changes. I know that um, DC Comics and some other people are doing their best to kind of give some financial aid to the retailers so that places like Diamond Comics and all of them can you know, redistribute. And there's other news going on around about that as well. Um, but anyway, like I said, IDW Comics right now is kind of on hiatus. Not saying they're out of business, although a lot of people look at the 12, look at the gloom and doom of IDW and say this could be it. Um, I don't think they will be. But right now, the Zombot arc is one of those uh, story arcs, part of one of the comics they have that's on hiatus along with the potential crossover we were going to get with My Little Pony and Transformers. Um, but anyway, 
the question um, I have is how long should uh, one, the question and topic I want to discuss is how long the Zombot, how long should the Zombot arc have gone in the IDW Sonic comic? And I'm going to be truthful with you guys. I understand that Ian Flynn has a, and you know, speedy recovery, Godspeed, and speedy recovery to Ian Flynn because apparently he's dealing with the same situation a lot of people are dealing with right now. But um, getting back on point here, the one thing that Ian Flynn was always has always been known for is his pugnancy or his punctuality or whatever you want to call it to want his determination, let's put it that way, to do massive story arcs when he feels the need is arises. You know, he always feels like, hey, you know, this is the perfect story arc to really go and go long with, you know, just go, you know, just really go all out with. And that's not a bad thing, honestly, as long as you could focus on it or as long as you can try to, um, you know, make it work work to where it's not to where it's not dragging on for too long and honestly um Ian Flynn when it comes to the Zombot arc is doing just that now the Zombot arc started at the end end of one of the second major arcs under the IDW license as a matter of fact thanks to a friend of mine Frank Hill I have the last one of the last uh, trade paperbacks collection of stories to where in the finals two stories in that trade paperback, that's when the Zombot arc starts to come to life. It starts its founda- growing its foundation and building from there. So uh, basically, when I look at the fact that I have uh, a trade paperback that has the beginning stages of it, the beginning issues of it, and it's still going on till now. You know, to me, honestly, this is an arc that I think should have just wrapped up within four to six issues. That That's just my thing. That's just my thing because I, I understand you want to build up the... Look, I understand from a story perspective, they want to build up the thread of how infectious this, this metallic disease or whatever it is, coding, whatever it is, uh, can be when it, you know when people are infected by it. But as I said yesterday, or as I said the other day when I did my uh, nine thousand, my nine k subscribers Q and A, nine thousand subscribers plus Q and A, I talked about this um, in a question, and I said honestly that towards the end, and I think what's going on right now, I think it's best just to wrap this up in a way to where it's just revealed to be a mega dream a huge dream or nightmare Sonic's having that makes him realize, okay, I do need to work with the resistance. I need to work as part of a team with whether I like it or not. So that's the way I think they should end it because right now this is the kind of story that uh, with what's going on, you don't really want to have going around. So maybe this time off may allow them to rewrite the ending and be like, oh, yeah, it was all a dream, just a nightmare. And Sonic with Sonic coming out going like, yeah, you know, I had this nightmare, this dream of this happened, that happened. And you know what? It's taught me a lesson. I'm going to join the resistance because of it or something like that. I don't know. So, um, but to me, honestly, though, with that aside, I think this should have just gone six, four to six issues. I look at what, you know, Archie Comics did earlier on. I'm not saying that, you know, with 
you know, the, um, what is it? The, uh, the Sonic Unleashed, the, what is it? The, uh, Brave New World slash Sonic Unleashed slash, um, Panic in the Sky arc wasn't long. It was, it was really long. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know that's basic, but that was Archie Comics. Comics that was basically doing the later run of Ian's later run on Archie Comics. He had already set set in stone that he was willing to do long arcs. I mean, you take a look at Iron Dominion that went for a full year. So, you know, so him doing what he did with the Return of the Freedom Fighters, Brave New World, you know, um, new and you. 52, uh, um, you know, Panic in the Sky, Shadow World Crisis arc. Um, You know, when he did that, we were pretty much already established established to the fact that he was going to do long arcs no matter what. So him doing that wasn't a big deal to us. But if you're starting out with a comic, but if you're restarting a comic under a new publisher, and some of the new readers that come on board because of it are not used to long arcs, especially from something like a franchise like Sonic, then it's best to kind of, in my opinion, it's best to kind of basically, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of best to ease, ease those readers into what you're capable of. And, Honestly, a Zombot arc, not a problem. The premise, I'll be honest, it sounds good and everything, but it's more of a premise that should be done along the lines of more of a four to six issue um, story. That's it. Just four to six issues, issues, and because within those four to six issues, you have a beginning, you have a middle, and you have an end. I mean, if you take away... The fact that Shadow World Crisis, Brave New World, New 52, as they call it for Archie Comics, for the Sonic Comics, that is, Shadow World Crisis, Panic in the Sky, if you take away that those are all one major continuity and you just separate them individually, you'll see that they still have the same impact as if they were presented the way they were anyway. I mean, Panic in the Sky, four issues it was presented in, had the same kind of impact, if not more, as the whole as the story as a whole. You know, um, I'll give you another example: Sonic Universe. When they did Spark of Life, the Nicole, which was Nicole centric, in Sonic Universe, even though it was four issues, it had major impact. People loved it. People were talking about it. So, I think honestly, that's. So I think honestly, when I look at at the Zombot arc, I look at an arc that was easily four to six issues. Was easily a four to six issue story story at best. That's the way I look at it. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, that's the way I look at it. That it was a four to six issue story at best, not a whole year long plus arc, or whatever. I think it was more of a four to six issue deal 
You start it in the issues you're beginning it with, and you end it four to six months later. And within that four to six months, you and your staff, your writing team, can get a lot done. You can have the same kind of impact. You can, if you want to, you could have villa, vanilla, I should say. You can have Cream's Mom Vanilla and most of the chaotics and your new character Tangle. You can, you know, you could have them affected. You can have them infected by the zombie arc, but have them cured and revert and reverted back within four to six issues. You don't need to drag it on. So, in my opinion, that's how long I think the zombie arc could have gone. And it's not because I don't like it or anybody else doesn't like it. It's because it makes a more natural sense. You make by making it four to six issues, you give yourself breathing room to work to utilize the other issues for other story arcs to help build the world that you're trying to build under the IDW umbrella. So, in my opinion, Indian, I think it should have gone four to six issues, in my opinion. So, but that's just me. That's just me. Okay, so next uh, topic that we're going to get at is how silly could Pony Life, the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic uh, spinoff, get? Well, we know that potions are involved. It looks like we've gotten a bit of an example of what Pony Life is going to be with these stop-motion shorts and even these CGI shorts of Hello Pinky and all that. So how silly could it get? Well, we know that some of these potions, when it comes to some of the characters, have certain traits. Like with Rarity, apparently it's to make her mane longer, to make her mane and tail longer. Um, everybody else, it's kind of up in the air. But I think, honestly, with the way the synopsis is about basically saying that these, that they could, that things could get really silly, really humorous. On certain occasions, how silly Pony Life could get, I could say it's got the potential to be really silly, but in a good way. I really do. In fact, you know, one thing I've always thought about is what character is My Little Pony Friendship is Magic at times had the ability to utilize what is known as the lustful melt gag, where a, a, where a character, male or female, um, in their mind or visually in front of the audience, melts into a puddle of goo and then reforms back either at their own will or by the will of somebody else. Um, to me, I think Pony Life opens the door for something like that to happen. Who it would happen to is totally up in the air, but I think they have the potential to make that happen. And that's just one example of how silly and humorous in a good way it could get. You know, there are other ways, you know, like Rarity uh, with her potion allowing her hair to extend maybe. I could see her trying to maybe use the potion and build upon that little uh, best gift ever themed short that we got of her wanting to have a flowing mane. We can build upon that here. So um, it's it could be really intriguing, you know. I understand that some of the people that were fans of the show are working on this. And who knows what you get out of it? Who knows what you get out of it? I mean, take a look at Spike. You know, there's a lot of Sparity fans. Obviously, the people working on the series know about that. And they're like, okay, well, how would Spike fit into this? Well, what if Spike gets a potion that turns him into a pony temporarily? 
there you go. He goes out with Rarity as a pony. Nothing to be ashamed of or anything. Even though Rarity would probably teach him, probably the lesson would be that it doesn't matter to Rarity what he looks like, you know, as long as they're together. Who knows? Um, again, there's a lot of uh, potential of how silly and humorous they could get with this series. Um, but I think I think they can get I think they can get really silly and humorous, but in a very good way, uh, more so than they could in the original in the series in the friendship in the original friendship is magic series. I think they have the potential to get really, you know, creative with the silliness and the humor, with the gags and all that, you know, with the potential that these potions have. Like if one of them obviously has an invisibility formula or potion. You know, imagine the fun you could have with whatever character, Rainbow Dash, Applejack, Fluttershy, maybe Pinky, Rarity, Twilight, Starlight. Uh, imagine, you know, Twixie. I mean, um, uh, imagine the fun they could have or the mischief they can get in with by utilizing an invisibility formula. You know, be really, you know, really interesting. I mean, it would That, to me, would show off how creative you could get with this, in my opinion. So, again, to me, I think, uh, you know, how silly could Pony Life get? I think creatively it could get really silly, and I think it could be, I think it could get really silly in a very creative way. Uh, like I said, what I'm trying to say, and you know, like I said thoroughly, I do apologize. I'm just trying to think about what I'm going to say. Uh, but basically, like I said, it could get really silly in a very creative way really silly and humorous in a creative way, that would be good. That would actually get people talking and enjoying what the scene, because there are people that are questioning pony life, but I think if you show how silly and humorous it could get creatively, but in a good way, I think people will enjoy it. And I think things like the lustful milk gag, um, the invisibility, and many other potential creative silliness and humorous ways of working with those potions, you know, rarity wanting the flowing mane and all that. I think, you know, you know, I think they could work and they could be done. They can weaved in, be done and weaved in in a very creative, I know I'm using the word a lot here, but a very creative way that, you know, can, will make this series seem very appealing not just to young kids, but to the adult bronies and Pegasisters um, currently right now. So I think they get really silly. I think they can get extremely silly, but I can I think they can get extremely silly in a very creative way that's going to be nothing but good. It's going to be nothing but good for them uh, down the line to where it would really, you know, keep the attention of the adult fans on the series and wanting to see more. That's manner that people actually enjoy and want to see more of. And I think if they do that, they can get, like I said, potentially extremely and potentially silly as much as they want. So anyway, and I do apologize if I rambled a little bit there. But anyway, that's just my thoughts on that. Uh, next up, Number five, the new Animaniac series coming this fall and what could come of it. Um, in case you guys don't know, Animaniacs has been revived for a new reboot, soft reboot, soft retcon, whatever you want to call it, uh, on Hulu in conjunction with Warner Brothers, which also means it'll probably end up on HBO Max down the line and Boomerang, uh, both those streaming services. 
Um, so question is what is going to come of it? Well, we know that the, we know that the main selling point is the Warner brothers and the Warner sisters, Yakko, Wacko and Dot. And we know that along with them is Pinky and the Brain. That's also being a selling point. But what else could come of it? Who else could come of it? And I think you you can't, honestly, you cannot do Animaniacs without doing um, Slappy Squirrel. You can't do it without her and Skippy. You can't do it without uh, the Good Feathers and the Good, and the, and the, the Good Feathers and the Girlfriends, the, the girl, the girl feathers or something. I think that's what they're called. You can't do it without them. Um, you can't do it without uh, Rita and Runt. You got to bring them back. Um, you can't do it without Buttons and Mindy, but maybe make Mindy a little older. You can't do it without Katie Kaboom. You need to bring that kind of stuff in. And most definitely, I think a lot of fans would agree with this. You can't do it without Minerva Mink. You got to bring her in. You got to bring Minerva in and let her be part of this in a major way. And you know what's funny is I talked about this before when talking about the Animaniacs reboot or soft reboot, Redcon, whatever you want to call it. To me, when I look at the fact that it's going to be on Hulu and potentially HBO Max and Boomerang uh, down the line, I look at the fact that the door is open for them to be as crazy and unpredictable as ever. I mean, a lot of people say that they borderlined a lot of stuff. They were on the borderline with a lot of innuendos and stuff that they did in the original series. Imagine being able to do that and more now that they would have literally less restrictions than they did then. So the door to me, it's going to be open. It's like, it's like that old saying, it's like you're opening Pandora's box or you're opening the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant, and you're just letting loose and you're letting everything, letting loose all the, the craziness that comes with it, all the unpredictability that comes with it. And I think obviously that's what the new Animaniacs series, in my opinion, um, is capable of doing now that it's going to have less restrictions being on Hulu and eventually HBO Max and Boomerang. It's going to have less restrictions. They're going to be able to do whatever they want to do, almost, and get as crazy and as nuts as they want. I mean, I'm sure they know people are going to want more Minerva Mink because you, I mean, from what I understand, she was supposed to have more than just two shorts um, in the series. She was supposed to have more. And all she was reduced to was cameos and guest appearances, co-starring roles and stuff. But she was never given any any more individual um, episodes, which I'm sure fans would have loved. And those working on the series, obviously, were fans of the original, know that. So I have no doubt in my opinion that Minerva Mink, if she is part of this, and there's no doubt she has to be because she is part of the Animaniacs roster, She's going to get more episodes. She's going to get some more individual short 11 minute, seven minute, 11 minute uh, animated shorts. I have no doubt she will. And the same with, you know, uh, and the same with Rita and Run, even though they had a good fair chunk, I've got a feeling they're going to get more. Same with Slappy Squirrel. 
the you know all the characters that probably got more appearances more time than even Minerva I think um, obviously are going to you know they're going to get more time they're going to get even more time than you know they're probably going to get as much time as they did before but I think characters like Minerva maybe even like Kitty Kaboom um, and a few others that got less time, I think they're going to get more time with the new series. Because like I said, being on Hulu and everything, um, like I said, being on Hulu and everything, and pos- potentially HBO Max and Boomerang, I think, you know, opens that door, you know, opens that Pandora box, opens up that lid of the covenant and lets out that unpredictability. And, uh, one of my followers just let me know that Looney Tunes is also having a, a reboot. Yeah, I know that they're having. It's kind of, it's kind of a, a live action thing as well. So that's interesting. That's going to be on HBO Max. Um, but anyway, getting back on point here. We're getting back on point. The, like I said, the potential is there. And with someone like Minerva, one of the things that I talk about. Obviously, in fact, I was one that started this up at some of the wikis, uh, fandom wikis, if you will. Um, one of the traits that Minerva was always known for was her zany outtakes when it came to her zany wild takes, outtakes, if you will, takes Avery style, whatever you want to call them, when it came to the, attra- the side of an attractive male or an attractive item. She would just go completely bonkers. And one of her traits in both of her solo cartoons of the original was melting into a puddle. And initially, what was her first episode, Meet Minerva, although that aired secondly, she melted literally in the guy's arm. It's like she ran towards the guy, jumped in his arms, laid back, sighed, you know, sighed and laid back, and she literally melted in his, out, in his hands, basically split in half, half to where she melted like I said, through his hands, hands by splitting in half and becoming a puddle beneath, you know, uh, uh, you know, under his feet, if you will, or maybe, you know, at his feet, I should say, and float a little bit over his foot, but to the point that, um, to the point that she was able to reform herself. Now she, you know, that's what I'm trying to say. She literally, in Meet Minerva, runs into essentially her best friend's cousin's arms melts literally through his hands in half, splits in half when doing it, forms into, melts into a puddle at the bottom, which flows a little bit over his foot, and then reforms into a boat, 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 uh, boat horn, obnoxious boat horn. But then the second time she does this, she literally melts right in front of Wilford as he's in his uh, werewolf Fabio alter ego, and he has to pick her up. And literally after she melts, he has to pick her up like a red rag and dry her off like that, or dry her out, wring her out, dry her out, just to restore her. Because the one thing I always joke about when it comes to that one scene, and that's in Moon Over Minerva, which was the second episode production-wise, but the first one aired. Um, I always joke about the fact that if he would have walked away and left her like that, he would have came back and she'd still be a melted puddle. She still would have remained, remained melted on the ground. Um, maybe two hours later, and then he'd have to just do what he did initially anyway. <laughs> you know, so so anyway, you know, Minerva, like I said, 
um, you know, she has the potential to get more, uh, appear, more, more of the spotlight put on her, more um, individual episodes given to her, you know, short-wise, short animation-wise. And I have no doubt that if they stay true to who her, who her character was from the original, if she does another melting gag or lustful melt gag egg in some of those shorts, I wouldn't put it past them to have her melt and then maybe seep into the ground and just regrow, come out of the ground like a tree and just regrow out of the ground like a tree with a face on it. Or she comes, or you see this door in the tree just open, come out of nowhere and just open up and she just falls through, falls out of it and everything because she grew from it or something like that. Or she seeps into the ground and she comes up like a flower and all that. So, or you see this flower come up and then the petals open up and there she is, <laughs> you know. Um, they have the potential to do that kind of stuff. And it's not just with Minerva either. You could potentially do it with Rita. You could do it with uh, Slappy Squirrel, which I'm surprised they never did. You know, you could do it with any of the characters. Of course, you can do it with the Warner Brothers and, and the Warner Sister. But, you know, that's something that we'll have to wait and see. As I always say in my videos, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, but uh, to me, that's, but to me, with the new series coming this fall on Hulu and then potentially HBO Max and, and Boomerang, um, I think, honestly, what could come of it is everything that I just mentioned and more. I really do. I mean... You, basically, to me, the silliness that we got, the humor that we got in the original series, that borderlined at times, you're going to amp, just to me, amp that up by by 100. Amp it up by 100, maybe 50 to 100. But most, it's going to be amped up times, it's going to be amped, it's going to be amped up to 50, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah. To me, I think honestly, um, again, to me, honestly, I think um, with with the series going to Hulu and, like I said, potentially HBO Max and then Boomerang, and the fact that there's less restrictions, like I said, it amps up the possibility of what happened in the original. It amps up that to 50 50 to times 50 in this new one as well as it's basically like opening Pandora's box and opening the lid to the covenant and letting out the unpredictability because you never know because by doing so you don't know what potentially you're going to get so that's what I see coming from the new Animaniac series uh, this fall uh, when it arrives on Hulu and then eventually HBO Max and um, Boomerang all right, so last but not least, let's talk about number six, which is what other Disney afternoon shows could get a continued soft reboot. In other words, a continuation of the original series, or maybe a, maybe even a new take, if you will. Um, um, in the future, what other Disney afternoon shows could get that continued soft reboot or new take because of their appearance slash reference in the new DuckTales series this season and even previously. So in other words, what what new uh, show, so in other words, what Disney afternoon show 
could be spun off into their own series. Well, we know obviously with Goslin making her appearance in season three, Darkwing Duck's potentially on the books right now as getting his own spinoff series to air on Disney Plus, Disney XD, Disney Channel. So that's pretty much already set in stone or semi-set in stone. But who else could get it? Well, I think obviously one of the biggest potential ones to me has to be Tailspin because I think whatever, like I mentioned earlier, whatever revelation we could get about Kit and Molly being grown up and everything and what's occurred at Hire for Hire and, you know, what's going on with Blue and Rebecca, you know, whether or not, you know, Kit and Molly are together, Blue and Rebecca are together, whether or not Kit and Molly took over Hire for Hire. Um, I've got a feeling that whatever potential revelations we could get from that, that it's only that if Tailspin is a series that could potentially be uh, softly rebooted, continued, ood if you uh, or get a continued soft reboot into their own spinoff series, um, because of it, because of their appearance here, I think whatever revelations we could get could set that up. Like I said, I think any revelations we get could uh, potentially. Like I said, what a, like I said, um, whatever revelations we could get could potentially set up the building blocks towards um, a Tailspin series. Like whatever you set up here in their crossover appearance, you could build upon in the new series. And uh, I like that. I like that idea. Like I said, we could find out whether or not Kit and Molly are together, Baloo and Rebecca are together. You know, did Kit and Molly take over higher for higher from them? You know, whatever is revealed, I guarantee that they can build upon in a continued soft reboot spinoff of Tailspin. The same with Rescue Rangers, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. A lot of people, um, like I said earlier, want to know what's going on with them. You know, did Gadget choose Chip over Dale or Dale over Gad or Dale over Chip? Did Fox Love and Dale become an item? You know, what's going on? Did they find out more about Gadget's dad and what happened with him? You know. To me, just like with Tailspin, whatever revelations or acknowledgments or references we could get in their crossover appearance, I think could really set the tone for them getting their own spinoff series uh, with a continued soft reboot as well. So Tailspin and Rescue Rangers, I think, obviously, besides Darkwing Duck, like I said, is sort of semi-set in stone to happen. I think Rescue Rangers and Tailspin are potential candidates to be the next ones in line to get their own spinoffs um, later on. Uh, we know that Chip and Dale are getting their own individual series. It's not related to Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus. But what I'm talking about out here, though, is them getting a new Rescue Rangers series that kind of builds off their appearance in the new se season of DuckTales and whatever revelations or references we get from that. Another one to me is gummy bears. I mean, we know, I know that they were acknowledged, I think, in season two. There's no doubt they have to be acknowledged here in season three down the line in an episode. So I think uh, gummy bears potentially could really benefit from a uh, continued reboot, soft reboot retcon. Like, in other words, continue where they left off in the original 
and go from there, but take place years later, and you have an older Cubby, you have an older Sonny, you have an older uh, Buddy Barbic, you have somewhat of an older Gusto, um, if you will, and just build upon whatever lores or myths that we get that gets thrown our way in season three of DuckTales that's gummy bear related along with along with what was already thrown our way in season two you use that those references and acknowledgements and whatever and I guarantee you you use that to build a new to build a new continued soft retcon rebooted gummy bear series that like I said takes place years after the original and you could have magic on your hand. There is, you can have some literal magic on your hand because those are the kind of series that if you're staying within the same continuity as the original, but it's sort of softly rebooted and retconned to where you take in a lot of the myths and the legends and the references given in season two of the new DuckTales and potentially in season three of the new DuckTales, you know, the world, as they say, is your oyster because there's so many potential ideas you can go with and work around with when it comes to that. Um, the other one, I think, of course, has got to be Wuzzles. You have to go with the Wuzzles. Um, I, I know originally the Wuzzles were based on a toy that Disney licensed to do a series on, but I think, honestly, the Wuzzles need to get their own series. They need to get their own series because whether or not we find out, because it all depends. I will say this about the Wuzzles, though, because they are kind of the wild card. It all depends on how they how they initially debut in the series. Are they are, are they already monstrous beings or are they mutated? Did they get experimented on and they became this? And now, you know, like Scrooge and all of them, has to find a way to restore them. You know, see that 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 to me is. That to me makes the Wuzzles the wild card, but if the latter is the reasoning for them being monstrous in season three of Ducktales, then I could see a Wuzzle series, a rebooted, a retconned Wuzzle series coming from this. I really could. But again, like I said, that all depends on whether or not the latter, to where, in this case, Rhinoki and Butterbear are captured and mutated or experimented on or mutated, I should say, into these monstrous beings, if that's the reasoning we see these monstrous versions of them, or we saw these monstrous versions of them um, in those images shown at San Diego Comic-Con last year, you know, whether or not, you know, whether or not that's the reason, or they're just legitimately monsters right off the bat. So um, it'll be... It'll be... Uh, my, it'll be uh, extremely interesting to see how that's addressed. But like I said, if the latter is the reason, then definitely they got to go with the Wuzzles reboot. They got to do it in a sense that makes it connected to the DuckTales timeline and continuity, the new one anyway, just like they're doing with Goof Troop, just like they're doing, just like they're going to do with DuckTales. I mean, not DuckTales, but okay. What I'm saying is if the latter to where it's revealed that Butterbear and Rhinoki have been captured and they're being experimented on or mutated into these monstrous beings is the reason that we saw these monstrous forms of them at San Diego Comic-Con. Then to me, if that if, the la if that's the reason and not the fact that those are straight-up monsters already, but if the latter is the reason, 
then yeah, a Wuzzles reboot soft retcon has to be addressed. It has to be made. Because one, you can already tell that they're setting up a lot of the Disney Afternoon shows from Gummy Bears, Goof Troop, eventually Tails Fit In and Rescue Rangers, and of course Wuzzles uh, as well, to be to take place within that same continuity and timeline as the new DuckTales. So a Wuzzles show a Wuzzles reboot within that same timeline would work in my opinion. And it would, and you could look at it as either being something that takes place afterwards or as a prequel. Same with gummy bears. Gummy bears would obviously serve as a prequel to the new DuckTales series, but still it would be something that I think has potential to really work. But to me, honestly, like I said, the ones I see getting a new, a new series, a new continued reboot, soft retcon um, show, uh, because of their appearance and reference in the new DuckTales series from last season and upcoming in this season, if not already in this season, I could see, you know, Tailspin. I could see Rescue Rangers and the Wild. I could see Gummy Bears as sort of a prequel-like series, but set in the same con continuity and timeline and I could see a Wuzzles but Wuzzles is a bit of that wild card now I know you're thinking well what about Goof Troop well I think Goof Troop yeah potentially could get the same treatment but I think Goof Troop is kind of like Darkwing Duck it's kind of like already semi set in stone that they're probably going to do that one as well but we won't know until later on whether or not San Diego Comic Con takes place this year or doesn't uh, we won't know later on until whether or not you know, we're going to get a spin-off Darkwing Duck series or a spin-off Goof Troop series. But to me, Darkwing Duck and Goof Troop, and sorry, my finger at the mic, that my thumb hit the mic there. Uh, but potentially to me, those two, those two series, those two uh, retcon, rebooted, continued series, whatever you want to call them, already set in sim, already semi-set in stone to possibly occur um, as spin-offs uh, down the line during or after the new DuckTales series is, is done. So, but yeah, like I said, to me, the ones that potentially have the option or potentially have the uh, chance of getting a continued soft reboot uh, series because of their appearance and reference in the new DuckTales series, they are Gummy Bears as a prequel in the same continuity time, in the same continuity timeline, whatever you want to call it, Tailspin with an adult kit and Molly and whatever gets revealed and everything in their appearance. Rescue Rangers, same thing there, you know, whatever gets revealed or referenced in their appearance. And then, of course, the wild card being Wuzzles, depending on whether or not it's revealed that the, whether or not it's revealed that the straight up monsters, which would basically shoot that idea of a Wuzzles reboot down. Or if the latter, like I said earlier, is revealed to where they're actually who they are from the series, but they've been captured and mutated into these monsters. So um, to, to me, that's just something that, but to me, uh, until we get, find out the answers to what's going on with them, the Wuzzles soft reboot retcon within the same timeline continuity, if you will, as as the new DuckTales series, probably serving as a series that takes place after their appearance or as a prequel. That's kind of the wild card. 
unlike Rescue Angels and Tailspin, which have a stronger chance of getting their own spinoffs afterwards alongside the already semi-set-in-stone own uh, Goof Troop and uh, Darkwing Duck series. Wuzzles being that wild card, again, it's up to is up to their initial appearance and whether or not we find out the straight up monsters or they've been or the who we know them as but they've been captured and mutated into these monsters so it's going to be extremely interesting to see what happens um but like i said they're the wild card unlike as i mentioned tailspin rescue angels and gummy bears which are pretty much more which pretty much have a stronger chance of getting a spin-off series or getting their own spin-off series alongside, like I said, the semi-set-in-stone uh, spin-off series of Darkwing Duck and Goof Troop. So that's just my thoughts on the series that I potentially believe, the other Disney Afternoon series that I believe potentially could get uh, soft reboots uh, because of their appearance and reference in the new DuckTales series. But anyway, though, guys, that's uh, pretty much going to do it for me on this special topic, special edition of Topics on My Mind, where I talked about comic books and animation. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. Enjoyed this live Topics on My Mind for today, April 9th, 2020, a special comic books and animation edition. Again, hope you guys liked it. Um, let me know what you all think down below. Comment if you like about it. Thank you for joining me in the live chat for those that did. And let me know for some of you that are watching afterwards what your thoughts are on some of my thoughts on the topics I discussed. What do you think certain things, how do you see certain things happening when it comes to those topics? Let me know down below. Comment if you like. Love to hear from you guys. Thank you again for those that tuned in to the live chat or commented on the live chat. And let me know what you guys think down below in the comment section as well. So until then, guys, God bless. Take care, stay safe, stay home um, if you can, and help flatten the curve, and I am out. God bless. Take care.